Hey, it's Dr. Kevin Hull, and I want to personally thank you for listening to my podcast and thank you for all you're doing for the kingdom. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to do me a favor and leave a review and then also share it with a friend. God bless you. And again, thanks for listening. Well, hey, God bless you and welcome to this episode of Healing for Your Life podcast. I uh, recently ministered a 60-second devotional, which I hope a lot of you are receiving, but I ministered really specifically to the graduates. And what the podcast is directed to toward today is really specifically for the graduate. But as I was preparing it, um, I really just prepared it based on the fact that a lot of what I'm going to speak on today is applicable to our life, is applicable to how we can better uh, plan be successful and overcome adversities and problems that happens when we plan. How many of us know that are listening today that whenever we plan for something and we haven't submitted that to God, that those are the areas where we begin to find ourselves in a mess because if they're not ordained of God, if those plans are not ordained of God, um, that's, that's where it's going to be a problem. So I'm excited about today. I want to share it with you and share everything that God has kind of placed upon my heart. Um, I don't care, as I always say every week, if you're riding a bike or listening uh, in the car, <clears throat> walking on a treadmill, however it is that you listen to these podcasts, I am so appreciative of your faithfulness to be a part of this week in and week out. And I just know and believe that God is going to continue to bless you. And so as that happens, I just want to ask God right now to bless us and to be a part of this from the very beginning. Well, Father, we love you today, God, and we bless you, Lord. Father, we thank you, God, for the blessings of who you are, God. We ask for your blessings upon this podcast today. Lord, I believe it's going to be very instrumental not only to the graduate, <coughs> excuse me, but also to the person that is listening, that is going through a different season, time, or trial within their life. Father, we ask, God, that you would just anoint this message, Father, move me out of the way that you can be glorified and honored. We bless you for it today in Jesus' mighty name. So I begin the 62nd this week uh, based on Habakkuk, and it's a scripture that comes out of Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. A lot of us will know it, but here's how it reads. Then the Lord answered, and, answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that he may run who reads it. Now, <clears throat> It's a scripture that is used on a consistent basis. Pastors use it all the time when preaching message whenever they're speaking about vision or planning or doing things of that nature. What the prophet Habakkuk was being told was to make sure that what what is being said is very clearly defined, orchestrated, and understood so that there is no question about what is to be done or not done. In other words, make sure that that people can see it and understand it. So in, in application of that to our life, I think it's critical. And if I were going to tell my daughter who was graduating, in fact, we had this talk, um, you need to know where it is that you're going, what it is that you're doing, and why it is that you're doing it. In other words, don't just haphazardly begin to kind of walk out and just hope that you can get it figured out, but rather, know where it is that you're going and know what it is that you're going to do. When we're going into college, I was talking with a, a young person just today as I was watching a, a soccer match and, and I was talking with her about the importance of knowing what the vision is that you have for your future. I said, what do you want to do? She said, well, I don't know. I think I want to go this direction. I was like, that's fantastic. How long is that going to take? She said, well, I don't really know. So we looked it up and we began to kind of process what that would look like. She began to kind of think in her mind, if I go through this school, this is how long it's going to take before I can be licensed to do the job. And 
I mentioned not the job because it matters not about the job. It matters about the ideal of what it is that we want to do to get it accomplished, to see where it is that God wants us to go. But it's important for us to understand we must be in his will if we're going to be successful in what he's called us to do. Now, I want to share with you from this from my heart about something that I knew and have known since I was nine years old. I was nine years old when I felt the call of God upon my life to begin a minister for him and him alone. Nine. But I, I, I served in ministry until my early 20s, but I didn't know the exact office, op, office that I would operate in until I was in that much later. And so I, I bring that up from two points. I sat with my pastor early on when I was in my 20s, freshly married, and sat down I said, I said, I really feel called to ministry. And he said, you are called to ministry. I said, where? He said, man, I don't know. <laughs> that was his answer to me. I don't know. He said, I don't know really where you fit. And so we think about the, the five-fold offices, the pastor, the prophet, evangelist, prophet, and the teacher. He was like, I don't know where you fit in with those offices, but you definitely fit. You definitely are called you definitely will get definition within that over time. And, and that's what I would tell any single person is that you're going to get a call on your life for something. We know that because if you're living upon this earth, you're doing the work that, that is breathing in and breathing out every day. The Holy Spirit is giving you fresh breath to live each and every day. So the reality of what that means is, is that you have a purpose. You have a direction in your life that you're to proceed. Now, at a young age, you may not know what that is. For that matter, at the older age, you may not fully know what that is, but you just know that God has called you to something to do. What I'm going to tell you is, follow what Habakkuk has said. Habakkuk was very clear in what, in what he was being told to do. Write it down. God was very clear with him. Look back at the scripture. I'll do that for you because you may be at a place where you can't. Here's what he says. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that he may run who reads it. In other words, he may figure it out. So it is important to not only say, I'm going to write it down, but it's more important to understand what are the steps. So you can't, in other words, I don't want you to say, okay, well, I'm going to be a cosmetologist one day, as I was talking to this person today. I'm going to be a cosmetologist one day. Fantastic. My next question was, how are you going to get there? Well, I don't know. Well, what are you going to do to get that accomplished? What are your steps that you're going to take to get that done? Do they offer that in school? Is there like a co-op program? Because when I was younger, there was a co-op program. Is there a co-op program? Is there this? Is there that? Is there something that is there that allows you to get that done and accomplished? So as I talked with her about that, she began to get some vision for what she wanted to do. And then I told her, put it down on paper. Because the other thing that it does, whenever you have something down on paper, is it gives you the direction that you need to be able to proceed with it. I have the end goal of what I think, and I'm fixing to rock your world with what I'm gonna say in a minute, but I have the end result of what I want and what I believe God has called me to do. So I'm gonna write that vision down. Now, I'll, I'll tell you from my own life, when I knew that I was called to ministry, the only thing in my circle that I understood and thought that there was was a call to pastoral ministry. That's what I thought it was. So I fashioned my life and my forethoughts that I would train myself to be just that. And it wasn't until I was working on my master's degree that I thought to myself, 
maybe there is something more that I need to be doing other than this. Now, when I took my first associate pastor job and I began to, to work as an associate pastor, I did that under the pretense of believing that one day I would pastor a church because in my mind, my father had always trained me to be the top in anything that I do. And so my natural inclination was to think I'm going to be trained to be a senior pastor because eventually I'll be pastoring a large church. That was where my mindset was. Never God's intention, but that was my intention. And so everything I did was purpose. So I took a small portion of the pie that God had given me to say, you're called to ministry. And I did not let him, I did not submit the rest of the pie to him. And I simply gave it to myself to say, I'm going to be the one to complete what it is that God has called me to do. And God never said that. And so there, there were, so I was behind the eight ball for a number of years because what I would do is, is I would try to focus on doing just what I thought the only office would be that it would be, and that is to that of the pastorate. So we started, we were part of a church plant. Uh, I was associate pastor first in, 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 uh, in Pampa, then in Pampa, Texas, and then I went to Abilene, uh, then I went to Amarillo, Texas, associate pastor there, and then I went from there to Abilene, Texas. From Abilene, we came to Austin to plant our first church. Disaster. Failed. Went into business. Working there, but not satisfied. Went back into the ministry. Failed again from the standpoint of planting another church. Finally, our third church we planted uh, as, uh, was because I was working in the, as an associate pastor again at a church. And we planted a church in an adjacent town, Georgetown, Texas. Now, here's a fascinating thing. It was, it was the grace and blessings of the Lord Jesus that gave me an opportunity to have that job. And I'm uh, as, as, as appreciative to the senior pastor there as anything I've been, but, but it was absolute desire and want to pastor a church. So God was like, okay, let's get this out of your system. How many, how many, how many of you know that God will let you do some things just to get it out of your system? <clears throat> so I did. And I began to pastor um, Covenant Life Church in Georgetown, Texas. I did the very best that I possibly could, but remained frustrated on a consistent basis because it wasn't my office. I would get messages. I would be able to preach the word. I'd be able to pray for the sick. We would see signs and wonders happen in the meetings, in, in, in Sunday morning services. We had all the things going on. The church was growing. The church was doing good, but I was not content. I was not happy doing it. I didn't like the other pastoral realms. I loved the preaching part. I loved the teaching part. We had a dynamic uh, Wednesday night service. We had people that would come from other churches to the, to the Wednesday teachings. Um, people enjoyed it. They came. I hated it because it was a demand on a pastoral office that I was the wrong office that I should be operating in. And I, I want us to understand the importance of what that means because when I am doing something and I'm saying to myself, okay, I am called to do this. What, friend, what I've got to understand is, is that what I may be called to do, I may be called to that, but I may not be called to that area that I think that I am called to. So where did I mess up? Where did I spend years upon years thinking that I was doing God's will, but I wasn't? What did I mess up in? 
I had written my plans down. I had acknowledged, accepted, received with joy and gladness the direction for my life to know that I would be in ministry. I was doing the work of the fivefold in my little realm of knowing just what a pastor is. I was doing the pastor at work. But where did I mess up? What I want us to understand is where I failed comes out of Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Here's what it says to us. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says this, to commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. That's where I messed up. I committed my works to the Lord in the best way that I knew how. And I thought my thoughts were established, but they weren't because I was committing my thoughts in the wrong office of my call. That's where I messed up. So let me define this for, further for you so that you can understand this. And here's what, here's what it means. <clears throat> I was called to the ministry, but I wasn't called to the pastorate. So many times what we do is we say to ourselves, I'm called to an area you acknowledge that. And it doesn't have to be ministry. It could be business. It could be a, a, as an attorney. It could be as a physician. It could be as a uh, steel mill worker. It could be uh, mining in the field. Whatever it is, we thank ourselves. We're called to this level. We acknowledge it. We receive it. And then we begin to do it. And we never contact the Lord again to do just exactly what it is that the scripture says. And that is to commit my works to the Lord because it's a daily commitment. I would pray, I would get a message, I would do the work of the pastor, but I wasn't content. And he did not allow me to be content because I wasn't doing the call that he had called me to do. I was doing the call that I thought I was called to do. That's the difference. Had I acknowledged him every step of the way in the way that he had told me to, had I committed my ways every single place, Father, is this right? Is this where you want me? Is this, is this right? And didn't move until I felt his peace. I would have been decades, literal decades ahead because I would have been able to submit to what he'd call me to do when he'd call me to do it in the order he had called me to do it. But I didn't. I took it at point value, thought this was it. This is the only way to do it. And there it is. And it was wrong. Fast forward decades, submitted life, been hit in the stomach a few times, dealt with life in the way that it dealt with, came back with it, and now in ministry full time. And what I'm doing now, literally we were just yesterday working on the fall tour uh, that will begin in September. And, and, and here's what I'm telling you, leaping with joy over what I get to do. But why? I'm in the right office. And that's the thing. The office of the evangelist for me is where it is that I operate in. That's what gets me excited. Being able to go into a city to begin to lift and, 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 and see people saved, see people healed, see a life transformed, it's fantastic. Living to the pastors to, to um, do all the work that is necessary for that. I had lunch with a pastor a couple weeks ago and he was like, well, are you wanting to start a church? Are you wanting to do anything with it? I said, no, I'm completely content and I'm not called to start a church. 
And that's the thing. You know these things after you do them. What I'm telling you, friend, and for the young person that's listening today, don't try to go down the path of thinking you know what it is without ever consulting the father. You may have a hint, I want to go into business. You may have a hint, I want to be an attorney. But don't just think because God's called you to be an attorney, you don't ever need to consult with him again on what type of attorney he wants you to be. You consult, consult, consult every day along the line. It'll save you decades upon decades of time. So... Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, commit, your, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Here's, here's the backup that I want to get to you on that, and that comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Here's what I want you to see within that. Hallelujah. I love this stuff. Watch this right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and who... and you are not your own. Now, watch, watch that. I kind of jumbled that up. Watch this. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you, my friend, are not your own? What are you? You're not your own. And that's where we mess up. And young person, listen, I'm just telling you, if we were to sit down with a thousand people who are Christians who have served the Lord in any magnificent kind of ways, and we divided those two groups into a group one, 500 of them that had followed the Lord and carefully sought his, uh, his will for every portion of their life, and group two who did not do that, but still were in the general area, I can promise you we would find that in group one, people are more content, more happy, and more stable within their life as a result of it. Friend, there is no question from my standpoint, this is where I want you to learn from my mistakes, no question from my standpoint, had I sought God in major decisions in my life, I would not have proceeded with those decisions. But I did not because I only looked at things from a carnal, carnal standpoint, not carnal, carnal standpoint, a worldly standpoint, what I thought to be correct. Love the Lord my God with all of my heart, and I thought I was doing the best thing. And I thought to myself, I'm too insignificant and I don't matter enough to consult him every step of the way. And that is a flat out lie from the enemy. Friend, he has you on this earth. He has you on this earth because he loves you. He has you on this earth because he wants to accomplish great things with you. But for you to get accomplishing all that he would have you to do, you've got to consult with him every step of the way. Uh, here is... A, Two more things. Let me give you two more things that I think are just going to be a blessing to you before we close off. Amen. Oh, I love doing this. I pray that these things are a blessing to you. I believe they are to me sometimes, maybe even more than you. Um, so Solomon was interesting. Solomon was a gentleman who, uh, David's son, who David had led the kingdom, done great things. Uh, but out of all those sons that, that David had had, Solomon was the one that was anointed to accomplish and to do the things that were the next phase of building the temple. And in kind of the transition step down of from David stepping down and Solomon being put and placed into the office, there's an interesting conversation that takes place. And I want to share that with you because it's applicable to what it is that we're speaking about here. It comes out of 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. Here's what it says. 
As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord, watch this, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Now, it's interesting within this for me because I, I believe, let me read this again from a different translation because I want you to see this from this reading as well. Uh, this is contemporary English, but here's what it says. I, I, I like the way it says it. Solomon, my son, worship God and obey him with all of your heart and mind, just as I have done. He knows all your thoughts and your reasons for doing things. He knows all your thoughts and reasons for doing things. So if you turn to him, he'll hear, he will hear your prayers. But if you ignore him, he will reject you forever. The Lord has chosen to build a temple for worshiping him. Be confident and do the work you have been assigned. Be confident and do the work you have been assigned. And do the work you've been assigned. Well, how do we know the assignment? We got to get with the assigner. It's that simple. We cannot be successful in what God has called us to do if we're not willing to get with the assigner for every step of the way. If I'm in school, and I've been through a little bit of school, I'm not progressing toward my degree, toward my diploma, unless I'm getting with the professor to ask him what my next step is. And then when he tells me to do it, I am obligated to fulfill the assignment that he's given me. And if I don't, I won't get the ultimate goal. And that is my degree and or my completion of that particular course. That's what I want you to understand. God is here for you in every step of the way, but we got to be obedient to what he's telling us to do. We got to be obedient to the point that we will not compromise we will not question, and we will not think to ourselves, I don't know if I really want to do this. We don't have the option on that. When you're a blood-bought child of the living God, that here's what it says, that I'm going to do everything that is necessary to make sure that I'm following his will regardless. And friend, here's the thing. If we're willing to do whatever it takes, then we're willing to do whatever it takes every step of the way. But I was willing to do it for my own life. I was willing to do it, but I didn't consult with him. I thought I was doing, I thought, I thought, well, it's the pastoral ministry. I'm going to just head off into that and be good. It'll be well. All oh, is going to be fantastic. But that wasn't his call. His call was ministry, but not that office. He may have called you to be an attorney, but you may be thinking, I want to go into civil liability. He's saying, nope, I need you in prosecutory. That's where I need you to be. And you find yourself in civil and you're frustrated and you're bored and you can't figure it out and you don't understand it, blah, 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 because you're not in his will. What I want to tell you is that's the most critical thing. We got to be and stay within his will. If we want to be successful in our life and, and live long and prosper and do all the things well, we got to do it in accordance to his will. And then here's the final thing I want to say to you. It's not only your career. You take care of your family first. When you're getting to the place of success within life, so many times what we see happens is, is we get to a place where we have uh, found ourselves struggling because we may be successful in career, but failing in family. We may be failing in family, but successful in career, 
or however that looks. What I want to tell you and with that is this. Your priorities, regardless of how successful you become, God first, spouse second, children third, career and everything else goes from there. Not any other order. If you get in any other order, then what happens with you is, is you'll get yourself messed up. Here's what it says within Joshua chapter 24, verses 15. And here's what it says right here. That, and if it, uh, yep. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in the sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods with which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Where the gods slash your career, which your father served, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as far as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And for everyone, here's what I'm going to tell you before we close. You're going to have a loss of opportunity and lots of, of opportunity to be successful in life and to deviate from the course. You're going to think, especially men, we start thinking to ourselves, well, we've done very well. I'm very successful in how I've done it. Well, you hadn't done squat. You need to settle that. You may be talented. You may be degreed. You may be all these things. You may be at a place where you are following what you believe is God's will because you're at peace. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're not at a place of peace on a consistent basis with your career, take a step back and ask the Lord where he needs you to be. Second, as you're graduating from college and you're starting your career and you're getting confident in your things, there will be many opportunities for temptation and distraction. Pause, stop, take a step back, ask the Father what he needs you to do about the situation because when you do that, what God will do is he then will take you to a new level. He will then take you to a level where it is that God is going to begin to do some great things, but you've got to be consistent with him You've got to have a relationship with him. You praise him and you worship him and you acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your paths. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, friend, thank you for being with me. I pray these are blessings to you and uh, be sure to share these with other folks. We are just seeing this thing continue to grow well and we're, and we're very, very excited about it. If you are with us in the Austin area, I want to encourage you to come uh, to some of our nights of ministry that we're having here. Uh, God has been doing some great works within that. We're excited about that. Uh, when this uh, meeting comes out, when we get to that place, when this uh, podcast comes out, if you're in the Austin area, I want to encourage you to join me for an out of ministry at the Axe Church in Lakeway. The Axe Church in Lakeway. That's going to be for uh, May the 16th um, and then as well as in June on the 13th. What I would encourage you to do is get at a place where uh, contact the ministry. You can register there. But May 16th and June 13th will be in Austin, Texas. Uh, July 25th and August 1st, again, during the summer tour, we're going to stay right here in Austin. And then August 4th and August 5th, we'll be in Red Rocks, Colorado. If you are a part of the Caleb uh, tour and want to be a part of the, the worship that's going to be going on at Caleb, uh, with, with Caleb as the sponsorship, as well as our Health HealthShare as a sponsor, I want to encourage you to go to my website and get registered for that. Tickets are going quick, quick, quick on that. We've only got 50 left for the ministry for both nights for our night of ministry. Uh, things have been going so quickly, which is fantastic, but there's a lot going on. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Know that we love you very much. Know that we bless you. And Father, I pray right now, God, just for that one listening, God, as we're going out, bless them, increase them, and take them to new levels. We pray for blessings upon their life and everything that they do, everything that they say. Father, make their paths clear that they may serve you with their whole heart. We love you today and we bless you for it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. 
Amen and amen. Thanks, friend. We'll talk soon. Well, hey, thanks for listening. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And please do me a favor and share it with a friend. One of the ways also that we can grow is just by you leaving us a review. And so please take the time to do that as well. If I can do anything for you, don't hesitate to contact me on my website at drkevinhall.org. That's drkevinhall.org or through any one of my social media platforms. Until then, I pray God's richest blessing upon you and pray his face to shine upon you in everything that you do and accomplish. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you and we'll talk soon.